Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. The book of Luca versus Trey, it adds yet another chapter tonight. So we're going to take a look back at the draft night trade five years later. And speaking of Luca, and speaking of trades, our front office insider, he's cooked up some massive deals that could help both the Mavs and some hypothetical ones to improve LeBron and the Lakers. Interesting. Plus, last night, I mean, can we just call it the Doc Rivers Bowl? Sixers versus the Clippers. Kawhi and Paul George battle Joel and James. Our panel surprise takeaways from that one. We start right now. Welcome to NBA Today, joined by a star-studded panel, Cheney, Aguma, K. Ramona, hey. Shelburne, Jalen Rose back in the house with us. I'm Malika Andrews. Kendrick Perkins is going to be by shortly. We do, though, need to start with a star-studded game that took place right across the street last night in Crypto.com Arena. It was a massive showdown between the Sixers and the Clippers. This was interesting. It was the 16th time this season that we have seen both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on the floor. Didn't stop Joel Embiid, though. 28 points in the first half, Cheney. Look, let me tell you, his versatility is unparalleled knocking down threes he's realized he won't get doubled from the free throw line so he'll hit the mid-range but his bread and butter is what you saw right there getting and going but this is what I love his first sport was volleyball he still got that bounce that's a swat (laughs) get that out of there look at that spike okay I I was middle blocker but he probably was an outside hitter in a past life well thanks to Joel Embiid the Sixers up 11 at half Kawhi Leonard though on the other side jumper gets it to go that's automatic I mean that one on him too. Oh, that is true. That is true. But like you're starting to see his game come together as we've seen the last few weeks. But now we need the whole squad right. to stay together, right? A little pump fake there. Kawhi had 14. Oh, wait, hold on, Malika. Quarter. Midi. Hitting the midi on that one, bringing it to the fourth. This was Tyrese Maxi time, Jalen. Coming off the bench as Big Perk schooled me on that happening. And he was terrific, being aggressive when he got his opportunities. Maxi scored 22 points, and they needed all of them. Guess what? He had 13 in the fourth quarter alone. Absolutely insane. But this two-man game between Joel Embiid and James yep. Harden, that's what we need to focus in on, take a closer look at, which we will right after this. Oh, Joel Embiid once again on the defensive end, getting out in transition. Tyrese Maxey takes it all the way and one. The Sixers, they get a 10-point win. Joel Embiid, he finished with 41 points. And Embiid, he's putting up 35.7 points per game since January 1st. It leads the NBA. He's had six straight games with at least 30 points tied for his second longest streak in his career. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but it feels like the MVP discussion, it is ramping back up. And here's the deal. Janae, Jalen, bring us to the big board here. I, I, I want to see what you two see in okay. this. Okay. Let's do that. Let's do it. Oh, let's do it. I've got a new teammate Absolutely. at the big board, Jalen Rose. So here's the thing, right? When we talk about the Eastern Conference, we're going to acknowledge the Boston Celtics distinguishing themselves as the best team. But I feel like the 76ers have a legitimate chance to play against them in the conference finals. And oh. here's why. Okay, go ahead. In their half-court offense, James Harden has mastered the pace of getting it to Joel Embiid 
as a pocket pass yes. pop player, or in this case, role player to finish over the top. And you know what I love? Joel Embiid, he doesn't hesitate on his roles. He makes direct line drives. Watch this right here. You see Paul George reacting. He's in a stance. This is a good read. All right, they get him the ball. Now this is one-on-one. -on -one. one of our greatest defenders helps side there. But guess what? He's just a little bit too small for the fella. He's a little bit too small defensively. But what do you see in this pick and roll? Because I like this too, Mr. Rose. And when James Harden is going left, he's going to be a lot more aggressive to score. So if you notice, he got below the free throw line using his right hand. Hand, which means Joel Embiid is going to stop at the free throw line, knock down the 15-foot jumper with ease. Yeah, right here, though, this is what I love. I love the midi right here. So this is coming to a strong hand, the left. Nice little pocket pass, four players around him. It's impressive. But if you saw that first opening graphic, no duo does it better. 118 assists James Harden has to Joel Embiid. No duo in the NBA has more. So if you think about what they're able to do one-on-one, -on -one, two two-on-two, they're bending defenses, but also I love that James James Harden has really committed himself to evolving his game, right? right? Before we fell in love with the step back and his one-on-one -on -one and all those types of getting to the free throw line. Now he's like, I'm playing with one of the best in the league, someone that has been pacing the NBA and scoring since around mm -hmm. November, December, and said, I'm going to evolve my game and really feed Joel. And since then, they've been the best duo in the NBA. And I want to shout out James Harden mm -hmm. because, as you mentioned, we did get the nine assists last night, right? But these L.A. streets are undefeated. He only has six points. <laughs> You know what I mean? And I'm so glad that they won because had they not won the game, that would be the story. That's what folks would be focusing on. <laughs> I was like, this ain't my, is this Miami now? Like, is this New York? Well, he came home. This is home. Tears, though, for me. It feels like the Sixers, they are knocking on tier one yeah. door. Ooh. We're looking at the Eastern Agreed. Conference. That is true. Uh, Kendrick Perkins is joining us now as well. But Ramona, you were at the game last night. You had a chance yep. to chat with the Sixers stars. What more can you tell us about their mindset here? Speaking of what Jalen was talking about. Well, two <laughs> things have happened with James Harden. Mm. He's healthy. Okay, for the past two and a half years, he's had a lot of injuries that he's been dealing with, and he finally feels healthy going into this in this season. And he said, you know, I don't think I get enough credit for the work that I put in in, in Houston, playing all those minutes. That that shows how much I work. Now he put a lot of work into getting his body right for this season. And the other part of it is that he has decided this is Joel Embiid's team. And I am going to set up the big man. He is going to, he can score more. Uh, he said this to me last night. I can, obviously, I'm capable of more. But I'm playing the right way now and doing what, whatever's necessary to win. He's won an MVP. He's yeah. won scoring titles. He's done everything individually. And when he sacrificed money this offseason, and, and if we go back and look at all the money that he's turned down, yeah. first that max extension in Houston, a max extension in Brooklyn, th that's a lot of money to have left on the table. Mm. But he has a chance to win now. And James flat out said, this is the best chance I have ever had to win in my career. They had great right. teams in Oklahoma City, great teams in Houston, but this team, he feels, is the best chance he's ever had to win. Interesting. You can see his direct quote on your screen there. Perk, what do you think of that from James Harden? Mm -hmm. You know what? He's balling. And his transition over to the point guard role has been a beautiful thing to see, to be honest. Like, one of the best facilitators in the game today. But overall, when I look at the Philadelphia 76ers, right, I'm looking at James Harden and he loves playing the pick and roll with Joel and B because he could mix it up. He could dive to the basket. He could pop for the short 15 footer that's automatic. And James Harden has an ultimate court vision for us looking for others. But the Philadelphia 76ers, right? The best thing that happened for them, I ain't gonna say the best thing. It was a blessing in disguise mm -hmm. when they had when they had injuries this season. Because James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, and Joel and B 
got an opportunity to sit on the side and watch what others are capable of bringing to the table. Mm. We watched Tobias Harris' confidence go up. Mm. We watched Doc find uh, Melton, who he has inserted into the starting lineup. We already know what P.J. Tucker is going to bring to the table, not having to shoot one shot, but impacting the game of basketball. And so now you have all these guys starting to find themselves, and when you get hurt and your team is having success and and you come back, you're like, nah, I could trust these guys. I could trust Niang to come off the bench and uh, and knock down threes and give us that high energy. Montrez Harrell to play some minutes when Joel and B need rest. So with the Philadelphia 76ers, I'm right there with Jay Rose. Yes, uh, the Boston Celtics and Milwaukee Bucks, we talk about them being the favorites at the East, but the Philadelphia 76ers are on yeah. their heels like a pair of church socks. <laughs> on their heels like a pair of church socks. I don't I mean, even know what that means, but it sounds good. It means they're getting it together. <laughs> and they're getting it together at the right time. But then yeah. on the other side, you have the Clippers. And, I, and they're stars. <clears throat> I mean, they've been in and out and in and out and in and out of games all season long. So take a listen. Here's Paul George after the Clippers dropped their last eighth game in the last ten. He said, I mean, we've been behind the eight ball just in terms of injuries and lineups, guys in and out. Urgency starts now. Okay, but it doesn't start exactly right now because Paul George is listed as out tonight against the Jazz. He did miss five games with a hamstring injury. You don't want to mess with that, right? Night of a you, don't, you don't want to mess with that. Kawhi, crazy, he hasn't played in a back-to-back all year long. So let's just back up a second, take a breath. Define urgency for us, Jalen. So urgency should have started when Kawhi and PG signed to come to Los Angeles. Yeah. Mm. And if we start looking for places to point, it ain't ownership because mm. he'll write a blank check to put whatever on the floor and to get them an arena. It ain't their coach because Ty Lue is one of the best coaches in the entire league. You know what it is? Preach. As a team perk, that's the JV squad in their market. They're the West Coast version of the Nets. Oh. We're still waiting on them to get meet em. their expectations, but good luck with waiting because I still don't believe that this is going to be the year that the Clippers actually make the mm. finals. That's what I got to say about this squad. Mark? <laughs> I'm right there with him. I'm right there with him. And my, I had high hopes for the Clippers coming into this season, but now I'm to the point where it's like, man, I mean, damn. And I go back to the, disre- to the disrespect of the generations before us. Like, all this sitting out of games and all this low management, this is what's hurting the Clippers. The basketball guards is not going to reward no team for cheating the game. Like, you have to play the game. Like, it's unfair to the generation that's coming behind us for these guys to be making this type of money and this type of load management. And it's not on Ty Lue. This is on Paul George and this is on uh, – Kawhi Leonard for setting this type of culture. They wanted Doc Rivers out of there. They got him out. They got Ty Lue in the seat. That's who they wanted. They got paydays. They wanted Reggie Jackson. They got him. They got him paid. They got everything and more. This organization has granted them their every wish, and they still haven't delivered. They barely showing up to work. And this is why you shouldn't have faith in the Clippers. And I'm with J. Rose, J. Rose on this. It's not going to happen this year. 
This is a perfect segue for me to get Stan Van Gundy into the show because I saw one of the funniest Twitter, you know, conversations that happened. Mm -hmm. He tweeted, 90s NBA teams had just a trainer, a strength coach. They practiced more often and harder and played more back-to-backs. Teams now have huge medical performance Mm -hmm. staff and value rest over practice, yet injuries and games missed are way up. Something's not working. My Wendy, what's going on here? And then Katie, (laughs) Kevin Durant, responded, Stan spitting. And then Stan went back to say, hey, and defend himself and Katie was like, I agree with you, Stan. And everyone was like, he didn't understand what Stan did. But I think that's emblematic of where we are. Obviously, injuries happen in the game and those things are circumstances like Katie's injury that you can't avoid. But when it comes to building up the acumen to be ready for the playoffs, it just feels like the Clippers are are far away. They're 2-8 and in their last 10. They have the fourth worst offense right now in the NBA. And and most importantly, it's the number 17. They've had 17 different starting lineups. Mm. That's never a recipe for continuity for you to be able to stick together mm. and make a push. So I know yeah. last week we were feeling, oh, I know. let's go Clippers, but I'm like, oh, there's but, always something that humbles us. But guess us. what, sis? What? You spitting. Hey, I'm spitting. <laughs> Stan, I'm spitting. Right here on NBA Today, the Joker. I mean, he left us speechless yet. Jalen, that fit last night for him, too. It was uh, pretty incredible. Absolutely. Wanted to show the versatility. Got to show the versatility on and off the court. We have big perks, big list of big men coming up. And from one international superstar to another, Luka Doncic, he gets another crack at his draft night counterpart, Trey Young. We're going to discuss, speaking of trades, though, that shape the landscape of the league. Are the Lakers about to shake things up? We have 22 days until the trade deadline. Bobby Marks is joining us shortly. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I was on the edge of my seat the whole night. That's a good movie. Jokic backs up for the win! Yes! Oh my God! This is easy for him. This is easy work for the Joker. It's incredible to watch him perform. Welcome back to NBA Today. Nikola Jokic. Oh. I mean, he showed up to last night's game in style. The Barreto. I, I mean, I've never seen this. The Barreto. We have either. I kind of like it. The suit is fire. I like it. I like it. Right, that, Jalen? With the, with the cane going, everything. Yeah. <laughs> Let's pick I up I knew he was going to do work when I was oh. on that bit. Oh. Right in the floor. Usually it's reverse. Yes. Great point. <laughs> 
I like how Aaron Gordon has decided that I could be a finisher, I could be a dunker, I could be a slasher. Yep. People will appreciate me as a teammate. Yep. And He's owning and mastering his role. I mean, look at them getting and going. If you miss, and what, son? I was waiting for it. They're some <laughs> of the quickest to score in transition. Now, I'm talking about those exceptional plays because otherwise they walk in the ball up. And then watch Nikola Jokic here. Gives it up. Oh, he's back. moving. Woo. Were there jets? I don't know if those were jets, but, like, that was a, a motor, a strong motor. Well, you know Damian Lillard's going to have a word in this one, though. Nails the deep three. Tie game. Five points now. Dame, once again, going oh, to work. That's tough. I ain't going to even lie. When I was watching this game, you know what I was thinking? What? Free Dame Lillard. Ooh. And He's then, loyal to the soil, but... He can still get his bread. I mean, <laughs> look at Jokic, though. Putting on the gas, laying it up and in. But after... I don't know if that was, like, supreme. That might have been just a regular schmegular gas. Well, but it still works. Check out, though, this. First, Nikola Jokic goes to work. And then, once again, Jokic. What is there anything that this man can't do? He's just lulling you to sleep. And then he gets Triple it to threat. go. But check out how the Nuggets celebrated David Adelman's first head coaching victory last night. <laughs> I mean, that looks cold. Uh, just another jaw-dropping stat line, though, from Jokic in what has been a crazy season for the back-to-back -back MVP. There have been four instances of a player recording a 30-point triple-double, 90% shooting game all-time. Nikola Jokic on Tuesday... Nikola Jokic in 2018, and then Wilt Chamberlain in 19. I see you, Coach. Larry Joe. And then Jokic recorded his 17th career 30-point triple-double. That's tied for the seventh most all-time with a couple of players you may have heard of, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. And then Jokic now has 13 triple-doubles this season, leading the NBA. But what's important is how these triple-doubles are impacting winning, right? The Nuggets are now 13-0 and 0 in wow. those games. Wow, that right 13 there. 13-0. and 0. So, Perk, after all that, it feels like there's mm. not much else to say, right, this season about Nikola Jokic. Wow. He is running away, it seems like, slowly but surely with a third MVP. I know you're a man of many words. How about you give us just one to describe how the back-to-back -back MVP is playing? Well, well, Malika, you know I've been blessing y'all with, with words trying to, in, you know, enhance my vocabulary. <laughs> and I thought about using whack body because Jokic's been representing for all the whack word? bodies around the world, <laughs> including myself. But I thought about his greatness, and I thought about the word goat. So I came up with my own, my own word, and I'm going with joke. And you know what joke means? What? Jack of all trades. Okay. Of, jack of all trades. A versatile person. That's exactly who Jokic is. A versatile basketball player. One of the most skilled basketball players to ever play the game. You want buckets, he's going to give you that. You want rebounds, he's going to give you that. You want him making guys around him better, he's going to give you that. Most importantly, he's going to win you ball games at an extremely high level. And forget being able to jump on the curve. Mm. We're talking about a guy who could barely do a damn calf raise, who relies solely on skills <laughs> and is getting it done in great fashion. Okay, Perk. <laughs> All right. Mm -hmm. It's been a minute. Barely do it. Uh, and since Joel Embiid yeah. and Nikola Jokic, they both balled out last night. How about this? How about we do an updated ranking of Perk's big list of big men here? Here we go, Malika. Let's do it. They said the big man was dead. They said it's a guard and forward <laughs> type league. But I'm here to plead the difference, okay? Here's the thing, right? My top four big men that's been balling out. What a list at? Show me the list right now. 
<laughs> what a listen. Hold up. Hold up. I heard that was doing a segment that represents big men. Anytime I hear that, my antennas go off, and I'm like, I got to be on that show. Who they talking about with the big yeah. men? So I showed That's up for my brother. Do. Matter of fact, my daddy gave me that chance. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Thank y'all for having me, man. What's I'm out here in the NYC <laughs> just chilling. Thank you for stopping by. Now that we have an assist, I think we get a, uh, what is this? Oh, oh my gosh. Super size stuff. Yeah. Let's yeah. get it, Swagoo. Yeah. yeah, listen, I'm 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 gonna stay pretty much close to the vest. Alright, I got Joel MB three, I got Giannis two, and I got the Joker one. Okay? Now I was trying to get some clarity on where where the big man trade stops. See, there's a weight limit. When I do my football BMB, right. you gotta be 265 or above for you to be considered a BMB. Because I was gonna put Sabonis on the list, but I heard that it's a like like you can spread this list out. So I went with the conventional names. I know Joel dropped a 40 piece. I just saw Jokic with his 30 point triple double, and we know what Giannis is. So those were my big supersized studs in my new segment mm. on NBA Today. Now, I don't know if they're going to ever have me back because I take up too much time and I talk too damn much. Right. But but that's my three. That means it's time for Perk. I got a bell, and that means it is time for Perk. If that's a supersized list, then what's the big list of big men? Man, it's hard, man. Swagoo put the pressure on me, but I'm going with Jokic at number one. I'm going with Joel Embiid at number two. I'm going with Sabonis at number three. Sabonis mm. been balling out. And at number four, I'm going with Jaron Jackson Jr. The Memphis Grizzlies are on a 10-game winning streak right now. He's balling out of control. Well, I guess he in my honorable mention, but he's on my top three bigs right here. Okay. Jokic, Embiid, okay. Sabonis. Sabonis doing his thing. Now, it's going to change. Y'all know I change like the weather. That's the good thing about having this long NBA season. Two weeks from now, it's going to be another list, but that's part of it. Swagoo, what's happening, brother? See? Man, chilling. There chilling. you go. Hey, Swagoo, since we have you here on NBA Today and you know yeah. I'm from the Bay, I, I got it real crossover. quick before you go. Little 49ers, Cowboys, okay. who you got? I took the 49ers, but you know what? damn well I want them to lose. You know damn well I want the Cowboys to win the game. If anybody know me, know that my heart lies with the Cowboys, but I'm, my head when I'm being an analyst, I got to stay true to what I'm seeing. Mm. The only reason is, Malika, is that my team down here in Dallas has decided to be the most inconsistent. They like the worst partner you can have. Inconsistency. One day they bringing you flowers, the next day they feeding you some sour food that's small and thrown out of the kitchen. So I don't know what Dallas team is going to show up, but the San Francisco 49ers have been consistent. Yep. That's why I got them winning this game. Well, we but know. Lord knows, mm. I hope I'm wrong. Well, we know that Stephen A is going to be watching this game very closely. Swagoo, thank you so much for stopping by NBA today. Much really love, appreciate family. you, my much friend. Love. All Still right, little big bro. Right here on our show, we're going to revisit one of the biggest <laughs> trades in NBA history ahead of their meeting tonight, talking, of course, about Luca versus Trey. And, you know, with trade talks, if that's your kind of thing, we're also 22 days away from the trade deadline. So what the Lakers could do in the next couple of weeks, our front office insider, Bobby Marks, he is stopping by. Plus, we haven't seen Giannis in the last four games. We have an update on his status and Chris Middleton's status, too. All that and more ahead on NBA Today.
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. And of course, here in Dallas, it's all about Luka Magic. He totally faked that Gabriel and then just scored. Doncic trying to get some room. Three-pointer. It's good. Luka Doncic. Deflected ball loose. Still loose. Doncic. Tonight, Luka Doncic and Trey Young, they square off on ESPN, and every time these two go head-to-head, it's only natural, right, to look back at the 2018 draft night and a trade that has shaped these two franchises. So for more, here's Kirk Goldsberry. Welcome to the 2018 NBA Draft. In an era defined by superstar movement, the 2018 draft night swap between the Mavericks and Hawks is perhaps the most influential transaction in recent NBA history. Not only will it define two franchises deep into the 2020s, but it also was a watershed moment for the perception of international talent in pro basketball. Taking all the brilliance of Luka Doncic. In order to get Luka Doncic, the Mavs dealt their 2018 fifth overall pick, Trey Young, and a top five protected 2019 first round pick to Atlanta. The Atlanta Hawks trade Luka Doncic to the Dallas Mavericks for Trey Young. Speculation was immediate that the trade could be a risk for the Hawks. Nearly five years later, Doncic has become one of the best players in the world. You have got to be kidding me! While Young and the Hawks are struggling, they cross the halfway point below 500 and enter this week's high-profile game versus Dallas, teeming with drama. In the last month, Travis Schlank has moved from Hawks president into a more peripheral role, and reports suggest coach Nate McMillan has considered resigning following a tense exchange with Young at a game day shoot-around. I think that's why Trey Young is so miffed right now, because a lot of this got out. Let's see if they can squash this and move ahead and go forward. Meanwhile, Doncic enters this matchup with Young leading the league in scoring and is among the betting favorites to be the league's MVP. On the way, hit it hard, rebound, batted around. It's taken by Luka. He hits! He hits! Young is not in that MVP conversation, and his stats are sliding. He was projected to be the next Stephen Curry or Damian Lillard, but the reality is he's currently one of the least efficient three-point shooters in the NBA. 
Normally, the Trey pick would be considered a triumph. After all, he's already become an all-star and led this franchise to the conference finals. But this pick will never be judged by normal standards. Sure, Young is one of only two all-stars to come from that entire draft class. The issue is, Doncic is the other. Atlanta wasn't the only team to pass on Doncic. In fact, four of the top five picks were more traditional college prospects. But the Mavs have a statue and a banner that reminds them that European players can elevate a franchise. Almost five years after the legendary draft night swap, Dallas has an MVP frontrunner. Atlanta has a soap opera. So here's the tale of the tape between Luka and Trey thus far. Doncic has averaged more points. Trey has more assists. Luka has three All-Stars and three All-NBA teams. Trey has two and one. However, both of them have made one conference finals appearance. So that's how they stack up what the numbers say. For more on Luka and that trade, we bring in our front office insider, Bobby Marks. So who's your Western Conference trade primer? It's out right now on ESPN.com, Bobby. So looking back at that trade, it was almost five years ago. What stands out to you the most? I think, Malika, what stands out is the challenges of building around a franchise-level player like Luka. There are no players from that 2018-19 Dallas Mavericks squad on the current roster mm. right now. 11 out of the 14 players have been traded for or signed as a free agent here. And it's not for a lack of trying, right? We've seen Harrison Barnes and Kristaps Porzingis and Spencer Dinwiddie and Christian Wood all come through here. And I think it just shows you the challenges of trying to put the right pieces around, around him. Interesting. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about the Mavs because our reporter, Tim McMahon, he reported today that sources say that Luka has strongly indicated that he wants the Mavs to upgrade before the February 9th trade deadline. What is a trade that you actually would like to see for Dallas? Well, the Mavericks are in a luxury tax, but they have a lot of these sweet spot contracts, which I call those 10 to $20 million players here. And I'm looking at Charlotte as a seller here, and I'm looking at players like Tim Hardaway Jr. and Davis Bertans from the Mavericks. They can trade a 2027 first-round pick, put some light protection on that, hmm. and send that to Charlotte for a package sent around Terry Rozier, Kelly Oubre, and Jalen McDaniels. And I think that solves a little bit of everything, gives the Mavericks a little roster relief um, financially, gives Dallas another playmaker with Rozier and a shooter here. But that's the type of deals that you're going to have to look at if you're the Mavericks. Interesting. All right. So since we're talking about the West, we can't talk about them and not bring up the most talked about team when it comes to trade season. It's the Lakers. So what are their options, their actual real options as we approach the February 9th trade deadline? Yeah, we're always focused on those two first round picks, right? right? 2027 and 2029. They have two second round picks. Right now they're at 38 and 39. They have a second from the Bulls. I'm looking at a team like San Antonio here, and I think if you're the Lakers, what does Patrick Beverly and one of those second round picks get you? And it's a player like Josh Richardson. He's on an expiring contract. He's proven that he can play in the playoffs. He gives you depth, big wing, can play offense, defense, shoot the ball here. I think that's kind of the direction in that the Lakers have to go in. And then I think if with that other one of those other picks, the 2027, and I don't want Knicks fans to freak out when I say <laughs> that this is about the Lakers right now, player like Emmanuel Quickly. That's the mm. type of player that the Lakers are going to need to target here. A guy still on his rookie contract is not going to be a free agent like Kyle Kuzma is a playmaker here, is going to be on this roster more than just one year here. But 
I'm, I'm focused in on those two second round picks if I'm the Lakers right now. Interesting. The Lakers, they play on our air on ESPN against the Memphis Grizzlies on Friday night. Bobby Marks, thank you so much for stopping by. But tonight, Trey and Luca, they kick off our star-studded NBA doubleheader on Wednesday. Hawks visit the Mavs at 7.30 Eastern. And then it's out to the Mile High City. Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets against Anthony Edwards and the Timberwolves. Our coverage tips with NBA Countdown at 7 on ESPN and the app. All right. Let me try and channel my inner Madonna here. Holiday. Hey. Oh, you I, was just, I was just nervous. Quick. Drew goes off last night versus the Raps. So, Perk, is there a new Robin in town? We discuss. He will never live that down. I know. Better. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to NBA Today. Last night we had a little bit of an eventful uh, Raptors Bucks showdown. I'm going to show you what I mean. Drew Holiday going to work here, but watch Brooke Lopez under the basket. So Drew's already pedaling back. It's not often that we see Brooke Lopez oh, in the middle of a skirmish like this. Um, it kept going and going. And going, we had multiple technical fouls handed out. Lopez, he'd get two technicals and an ejection from the game. It's his first career ejection after 911 Headband games played. And then Ananobi and the Raptors bench, they would both be assessed technical fouls. Um, there's a lot going on here, Jalen. You never want to lose your discipline and get into an NBA fight. So therefore, that was a classic, huh, huh, hold me back. <laughs> The Bucks would keep it going, though. This thing is real mad. Drew Holiday going to work. Fred Van Vliet gets this one to go. He would finish with 39 points. Holiday would end up with 37, including going to work here. Sealing the win for Milwaukee. They get the win 130-122, but it's Brooke Lopez after the game that you need to hear. I just want to know what happened to Gary Trent's headband. That's all I want to know. Yeah? Why did it end up on the ground? Do you answer Joe's questions or you just ignore them? Should I answer Joe's question? Yeah. It just drives me so insane. I had to do something. It was talking yeah. to me. And then make sure this never gets aired. You know how, like, serial killers say, like, the dog in their apartment building, like, talk? Like, the headband was talking to me. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Are you looking at me because of my Stanford brethren? Yes. We, we've been getting these quotes for years, and that's why oh, yeah. you, you love them. You know, that's why you love them. You always get some. He keeps you on your toes, mm -hmm. but, like, you know, these are fantasy guys, <laughs> you know? He is a Disney guy? He's yes, he is. That's what's in fantasy. And, and, yeah. Look, and, and, An eclectic has, gentleman. He, he yeah. has, like, 40, 50 pounds and on Gary Trent. I'm here for all of it. By the way, I'm here for all of it. Yeah. yeah. Under his skin. You know what? I'm just going to – let's get to the news because the Bucks talk. It does not Let stop here. I want to bring in our senior NBA insider, Adrian Wojnarowski, into this conversation because there were a couple of guys, Woj, that we did not see in the highlight, including Chris Middleton and Giannis Attentacumpo. What's the latest on their status? Yeah, Malik, uh, uh, Giannis Attentacupa, the hope is he's back with that left sore knee either Saturday against Cleveland or, I'm told, probably at the latest Monday uh, against the Detroit Pistons. And he'll have another four days here between games uh, from playing last night. The Bucks are off till Saturday. They continue to give that knee some rest. It's not a serious injury. And so, again, the hope is he's back at the latest uh, by Monday in Detroit. And, and the hope is that Chris Middleton is not far behind. You know, he's continued to rehab 
Um, you know, that knee that has kept him out of the lineup uh, for a couple of months now, and a player you know in Milwaukee that without him, you know, one of the best, uh, one of the elite offensive efficiency teams in the league under Mike Budenholzer in recent years. They're near the bottom this year offensively in the NBA. The hope is uh, to get Chris Middleton back at 100% or as close to 100% as he can be mm. uh, to allow this Milwaukee team you know, to start to get back uh, to full strength as they try uh, certainly to, to, to get back uh, to another deep run in the Eastern playoffs. And in the meantime, Drew Holiday has been cooking. You have an excellent Woj Pod episode with him. If anyone is interested and hasn't heard that yet, I encourage them to go and check that out. Uh, but speaking of the Eastern Conference, you have some more news for us coming out of Washington. What more can you tell us? Yeah, Bradley Beal will play against the Knicks tonight at the Garden. He's missed the last five games uh, with uh, a hamstring strain, but he's back for a Wizards team you know, that has not been at full strength. They're best players all together for most of the season. Chris Epps, Porzingis, and of course, uh, Kyle Kuzma. Uh, but uh, Brad Beal will play tonight. And this is a Washington team that certainly um, you know, had aspirations of being uh, an Eastern Conference playoff team. They're still looking up at the play-in, but I think the hope is they can keep Brad Beal on the court for a consistent basis. You know, this is a team that uh, will play in the postseason. Brad Beal expected to return tonight against the Knicks. Woj, thank you so much for joining us here on NBA Today. Still to come on our show, the best moments from the Warriors' championship visit to the White House. You do not want to miss that awesome stuff just moments away. Welcome back to NBA Today. So we already know that the Nets are without Kevin Durant, but last night they were also without Kyrie Irving against the Spurs. Ben Simmons, he had his first triple-double as a member of the Nets. He finished with 10 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists. It wasn't quite enough, though. The Nets dropped their third straight game since Katie's injury. Keldon Johnson, he was actually the story for San Antonio. He finished with a career-high 36 points, and the Spurs got the win, 106 to 98. So the Spurs, they are now three games clear of the bottom three teams in the standings. Reminder, the three worst teams, they will all have a 14% shot at landing the number one pick in the lottery. We expect that, obviously, to turn into Victor Wenbanyama. The two worst teams, the Hornets, and I'm sorry, Cheney, yep. the Rockets, <laughs> they will score off tonight. And John Wall, he recently was on the Run Your Race podcast talking about his time in Houston and reflecting on their culture. Like, I always wanted to teach them, like, don't get used to this shit. It's not how the NBA is. Right. Like, it's just a bad organization right now. Mm -hmm. Like, they got to fix some shit around. But, like, I always talk to Jalen Green, Kevin Porter, mm -hmm. KJ. I'm like, yo, don't get adjusted to this losing shit. It's not how the league is. Yeah. But at the same time, I had to tell them, like, the shit y'all getting away with over here, if you go to any other teams, you'd be out of the league. You'd be like, You wouldn't play. You're not playing. I wouldn't play. No facts. So I'm trying to explain that to them because they think it's sweet. And I'm like, if you ever get traded and go somewhere else, you're going to be like, this was right. Mm hmm. Back here with Cheney, Jalen, Perk, and Ramona. I'm curious, though, the player perspective here. I, I was really interested to yeah. hear this as sort of an outsider looking in, but you three have been in these locker rooms. Perk, I'll start with you. What is the impact of young players like Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. having to go through this tanking? Well, forget that part of it. Let me tell you how bothered I am by John Wall comments towards those young guys and the organization, for the organization, for the front office of the Houston Rockets. 
when you think about the Houston Rockets, they have one of the youngest teams in the league. Mm -hmm. Jalen Green was just drafted last year. Jabari Smith added this year. You know, Michael, I mean, Kevin Porter, Kevin Porter, right? Think about this. They got to start somewhere. You have to build a foundation. Kevin Porter was on his way out the league. Kevin Porter, the Houston Rockets and coach John Lucas saved this man's life and his career. So you have to start somewhere. The thing is, is that they're in a rebuilding stage. We already knew this as far as with James Harden when he departed. We knew that the Rockets was going to have this downtime where they was going to have these young guys developing, getting better individually and as a team just learning how to compete and play great basketball. I didn't like those comments by John Wall towards the organization and towards those young guys because I have been seeing growth. And this is another thing. And Jalen, uh, Shanae, y'all could contest to this. Veterans matter. You need the right vets in those, in those, in those mm -hmm. locker rooms to be an extension of Coach Silas. They matter to teach them on the road when to go out, when to get they uh, to develop right habits, to develop making sure that they get treatment, things to that nature. So, I, look, I'm not going to sit up here and just downplay or, or sit up here and act like I'm not disturbed or bothered by John Wall comments towards this group and towards the organization because I am. Yeah. Veterans absolutely do matter, and I do empathize a little bit with John Wall just because being that one vet in that locker room, it's difficult when you're the vet surrounded by young players that honestly have more capital because they're going to they're gonna get the runtime, they're going to get the shots, and you have to recognize. So, like, I understand his point of view from that aspect, but I more so align with this idea that, hey, when Coach Dan Tony and Daryl Morey left, that was a huge vacuum of power for the Houston Rockets organization. It took a while for them to get on their footing, but one thing that they did nail, this young talent is promising. Now, it's not translating right now, clearly, to wins, but you do think between Jalen Green, KPJ, uh, Jabari Smith, and even Alperin Shangun, who just was balling yeah. out. I think he just had a 30-piece mm -hmm. right here in L.A. These are young guys that have a lot of potential. Now, they, they may not know the way right now, but you can see the foundation building. I love Coach Steven Silas. I think he's someone that, similar to how we see Coach Monty, Monty Williams and talk about him, everyone can sort of endear to. This is absolutely the rebuild building stage that is probably the least fun for veterans and I've been in positions like that and you can't save everyone around you you really just have to focus on saving yourself and leading by example and unfortunately this doesn't seem like that happened in John Wall's perspective you know so I think moving forward yeah there are some benefits to this situation obviously trying to get Victor Webanyama but nonetheless these young guys are promising so not all is lost you just need as Perk said someone that can really lead the way and I see that change happening mm. slowly because they're in game they just don't know how to win yet. So at different points in your mm -hmm. career, you have different priorities. So when you're young, you're trying to establish yourself so you can be a vet one day and hopefully make a name for yourself and put yourself in position to be everything you dreamed about being, a superstar, all-NBA player, mm -hmm. a Hall of Famer, a champion. But once you become a vet, you ain't got the patience to watch the young players do that unless you understand that you're in a situation like Houston where that's going to be your job. So when you lose John Wall and he's not around the team, Eric Gordon is still in the locker room. And let me show you guys what Eric Gordon decided to do when these young guys are going back and forth. He don't want no problems with that, Malika. He like, get me out of here. And so what the league has done is they've minimized the role of veterans. 
Because when the team is tanking, they're doing two things, Malika. Yeah. One, they're not playing the vets that can help them get a couple of more wins. Yeah. Two, they're not signing the vets that can nurture the young players on how to behave in the locker room yeah. to the media and professionally. Mm -hmm. That's why you see teams having 14 roster spots now. They're literally just trying to save money. So I see all sides of this, but I agree with you. The Rockets got some young talent right. that I'm excited about, and I think they'll find a way to get it together. So I, under, I understand yeah. John's frustration, okay? He was on a big contract in Washington. He gets traded to Houston where they're not trying to win at that moment. He's obviously better than the players that played ahead of him. And so he right. chose to sit out to protect his, himself and his, in his situation rather than take a lesser role as the team is clearly tanking. However, the, 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 when you have a rebuilding team, you have to rebuild in the right way and you have to, you have to groom young players. Look at the Sixers, the original Trust the Process. Look at all the process guys that are around the league now, T.J. McConnell, Robert Covington, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, they, they didn't just develop superstars. They developed role players that found jobs around the league because of the way Brett Brown approached that rebuilding process as right. the head coach back then. It was interesting to hear, listening to the full podcast in preparation for the show, mm -hmm. John Wall basically say to, to Steven Silas when he was called and said, well, can you, can you come off the bench? He said, well, for who? Because mm -hmm. he was looking around this team and saying, who yep. has earned right. it? Who's, yeah. I'm open to doing this if this is something that's a competition that happened. I, it was, right. It's really interesting to hear your guys' thoughts. I really appreciate uh, your, your canned, being so candid on this. It was, it was very fascinating. Um, still ahead on NBA Today, Dub Nation is headed to the nation's capital. The Warriors, they had their championship visit to the White House. You can see Steph Curry headed in there. Sights and sounds coming up next. It's over. The Golden State Warriors return to a familiar place. They're on top of the NBA world. Uh, I'm wearing a Latouche custom with a little, uh, you know, little shout out to the to the function. You know what I'm saying? Quick rehearsal at the White House. Over the bridge. One time. Get it right. Count them up. Count them up. Count them up. Dub Nation is in the house. Today, the Golden State Warriors are known as one of the most successful franchises in basketball and all of sport. The stat line of a dynasty. We have two jerseys that we would love to have you a part of Dub Nation forever. It's absolutely amazing uh, to be back after seven years. It's been a great visit and looking forward to coming back next year. You know what I love about these visits? I love looking at the faces of the young players who've never been there before. Oh yeah, I love, and it's also a flex, like it's amazing to be back at the White House. Yeah. You know, that's just a huge flex. To be Speaking back at the, the White House. young players and flexing, how about Steve Kerr? <laughs> this guy might as well start paying rent at the White House. He's been there eight <laughs> times. The ultimate flex made of Steph Curry's suit. You know that's I mean? gonna do it for us.